Hello and welcome to the second episode of the iFeatures podcast. Throughout this series, we're following the journeys of 12 teams of emerging filmmaking talent as they go through the various stages of Creative England's flagship film development programme, iFeatures. Each monthly episode will focus on these stages, and today you're going to hear about the first Story Lab of this year's programme. Nearly 800 applications were whittled down to just 12 projects, selected by a panel of film executives from Creative England, the BFI Film Fund and BBC Films. And the final 12 are now in Manchester at the very first Story Lab, a three-day residential workshop where they'll hear from a variety of industry experts, as well as sharing their thoughts and ideas with one another. The focus at this first development lab is the story, the very foundation of each of their films, and the most important part, to get right. I arrived on the first day with the rest of the filmmakers at the Manchester School of Art, where all the teams gathered to be welcomed by Creative England's head of film, Paul Ashton, and iFeatures executive, Kate O'Hara. The 12 teams take their seats, and already people have started to mingle with some of the other filmmakers, chatting away about their experience of the pitching process, as well as sharing ideas on their films. There's a real feeling of excitement and eagerness to get started. And with that in mind, Kate and Paul kick things off by inviting the teams to introduce themselves to the rest of the group with a show-and-tell session. Each team had brought along something that either inspired them or helped guide them to where they had got to so far with their films. The range of different sources of inspiration was really quite staggering and indicative of the variety of films that are about to go into development. I'm Meg Campbell and I'm the director. I'm Maria Lena Deitch and I'm the producer. Oliver Henderson, I'm the writer. Meg, would you like to tell us the name of the film that you're working on? Yep, the project we're working on is called The White Stalk. Could you just give us a brief overview of what The White Stalk is about? It's set in Keswick in the Lake District and it's about a woman who has a strange relationship with her teenage daughter and discovers her daughter was switched at birth and she has been raising someone that isn't actually her biological daughter. Do you want to just share what you brought in the, the show-and-tell session right at the very beginning? Yes, yeah, so I actually brought a photograph of me when I was a baby, my mum and my nana. And the story came from when my mum was born, the babies were then taken off to the nursery. And when the baby was brought back and put in my nana's arms, she looked at this baby and she said, this isn't my daughter. And she told the nurses, she told the doctors, and they kind of dismissed her concerns. Everyone said, no, this is your baby. But she looked at this child in her arms and she knew this wasn't her baby. And basically what she did was she got up, went round the ward, looked at all these other children in their mother's arms and saw this woman holding my mum and said, excuse me, you've got my daughter. And the woman switched back. Luckily, my mum looks exactly like her brother, so we know that it's all good. But she had this instinct that this wasn't her child and there'd been some sort of mix-up and no one believed her. So I was really interested in the idea of what if she'd listened to those doctors and nurses and suppressed that motherly instinct out of fear of being labelled a bad mother 
or just been too quiet and shy and not voiced those concerns, she could have ended up raising a child that wasn't hers. So I thought that there were so many interesting questions surrounded it. So that yeah. was kind of the inspiration. Family photos were just the tip of the iceberg. Paintings, books of myths and legends of Britain, books on existential psychotherapy, interview clips, a scene from Napoleon Dynamite, and Katy Perry's hit single, Raw. They're all inspiring this rather eclectic bunch. <laughs> all 12 teams have arrived with a five-page treatment for their film. It's these treatments which got them to the panel interviews in the first place. But over the course of the three days here in Manchester, they are all being encouraged to be receptive to new ways of working, new ideas, and possibly a new approach to those stories. Once all teams are acquainted and pop music is finished, the filmmakers are given an intimate talk and Q&A session with two professional writers. Lucinda Coxon, writer of the screenplay for The Danish Girl, and former iFeatures alumni Alice Birch, whose film Lady Macbeth has gone on to be one of the standout successes from the development programme. Chaired by BBC Films commissioning executive Eva Yates, the pair were quizzed for almost two hours on everything from where they looked to for inspiration to their transition into screenwriting as a career, having both started out as playwrights. The questions coming from the group were all very much keeping in mind the fact that they were soon to have their own work placed under the microscope. They asked about how best to deal with receiving feedback and notes on early drafts. How best to work effectively as part of a team where lots of strong-minded individuals might all have differing opinions. A general theme began to emerge in the answers. One of communication, clarity and the importance of trust. Not just in the people who you are working with, but also trust in yourself to be true to your own story whilst looking at it objectively at the same time. After the session, I spoke with Alice Birch about her experience of the iFeatures programme. Uh, Alice Birch. A former iFeatures yeah, alumni. Yeah. What was it like coming back this time and being the one sort of imparting advice and oh, answering the questions for our current crop of 12 teams. Sure, I mean it's so it's so lovely to come back to iFeatures. It was such an incredible experience and of course it felt very nostalgic but it's so exciting to see all these people you know kind of starting their films in that process um, but yeah also I mean weird you know it feels completely wrong to be on the other <laughs> side of it you sort of want to go and sit with them. You're still on that journey yeah, of course of aren't course. you? Yeah of course yeah I mean that was my first film and I'm writing a lot now but it's still like really really early stages so yeah I still feel brand new. How did you find the experience when you were here? Do you remember how you felt? Yeah I mean gosh super daunting it's sort of well you just don't really know what to expect and I came completely from a theatre background I had no idea what a treatment was I didn't have final drafts I didn't really understand how to format a script you know there's all these people with all these jobs imparting all this wisdom but I just sort of didn't quite know what to do with any of it I was really scared and just assumed we'd be going out round one what do you think was the biggest challenge that you faced early on in those first development labs? I mean, I think it was thinking about, it's just a completely different way to write. So I had to think about structure and story and pacing. And I normally make those discoveries in a script. Whereas with this, we, you know, we had to deliver on a treatment or a beat sheet or things like that, which 
was just a completely different way to think. I just found that really hard. And what was that transition like then going from writing for stage to mm. writing for screen? Obviously that would have been a new experience. Yeah, completely. And I mean, in, on stage you're doing a lot of figuring out in dialogue and, you know, I've written plays that are all in one room, in one location, in one time period. So you've got kind of 90 minutes of just people talking to each other. Of course, film, you've got loads of other tricks up your sleeves and different things that you can do and it's a lot more visual and the director's holding the camera. So it's about making sure that relationship is really, really super strong and not being quite so controlling. How do you think iFeatures helped prepare you for your sort of foray into this career? I mean, absolutely brilliantly. I can't imagine what it would have been like to go through this without that support and that structure and all those masterclasses and all the access to these incredible people, all this support. I didn't really have to pretend that I knew what I was doing because it was really clear I was on this scheme and it was okay to ask all the stupid questions because we were all there learning together and that's... That's an amazing gift that sort of gives huge confidence because you can you can sort of make all the little mistakes because someone's there helping you and holding it for you. It completely changed my career. Do you think that this round of eye features with all 12 being able to go through the entirety of the program, mm. that sort of further releases that, that pressure? It's easy to say from this side, but it feels like that really takes the pressure off. You can really learn you're not having to sort of pitch each round hoping that you're going to get in or figure out if you're saying the right things that people want to hear you can just really really spend time investing in your project and yeah you can just focus on what you want to say how important do you think that is that you can build a rapport with the other filmmakers and the other teams to be able to feel comfortable in hearing their thoughts and feedback on your project that's a huge part of it. I mean, you'll never go through anything like this process ever again in your life where you're working alongside 11 other people making their films as well and you're sort of all going through that development together. You'll, you won't have that experience again. You know, everyone will be making such different films and these writer-directors will have such different voices and styles and processes and, and so you can just really learn from each other and kind of feed off each other. What's the one piece of advice that you would give our 12 teams at this very early stage, mm. sort of going in, not really knowing what to expect? What advice would you give them? Trust your gut. You don't have to know all the technical side of it. You don't have to sort of understand the industry and the more technical things about it. Just It's all storytelling. What's your story and what's going to be the best way to tell that story? And I think that sort of sounds really obvious, but just focus on that and you'll certainly learn more and have a much better time and, and feel able to stand by your project, which is really important. For our 12 teams this year, it was so useful to hear from someone who has been through the whole process before. Alice's insights into transitioning from being a playwright to a screenwriter and the early nerves going into the iFeatures programme were just what our filmmakers needed to hear on that first day. Some of them will be more confident than others going into this but they are all in the same boat and it's pretty reassuring to see a filmmaker like Alice coming out of iFeatures and thriving in the industry. After my chat with Alice, I caught up with Lucinda Coxon. Also starting her career as a playwright, Lucinda is now a hugely successful writer for film as well. She shared with me some wise words of advice for our filmmakers. What would you say is the biggest piece of advice that you would give to our teams at this very early stage where they haven't begun to even critique their scripts and refine and craft those screenplays? Well, I would say in terms of your long-term physical and mental well-being, take it seriously, but don't take it personally. 
it's very difficult as an artist to separate the self and the work and there are areas where you can't and shouldn't but in terms of negotiating with the wider world and you know other people's reactions to things take it seriously don't take it personally I think it's really good advice obviously you've been imparting some of your guidance and advice to our filmmakers today was there anything in particular that or where you got some good advice from early on in your career Anne Reid, the wonderful actor, will always tell you it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. And I think that is really good advice because it's one thing to be in this industry in your kind of mid-twenties or, you know, early thirties. But if you want a career, you've got to last longer than that. And so, you know, don't panic. Just keep working and stay true to the thing that brought you in in the first place. I think don't forget where it started because it's very easy to get your head turned. You started your writing career in theatre. I did. And quite a few of the teams here have had writing backgrounds outside of film. Mm -hmm. How difficult is it making that transition when you first write for a screenplay? I mean, it's, it's trial and error, and you get better at it, I think. But I didn't find that as difficult as the fact that the world you're operating in is very different, and there are, in film there tend to be many more voices in the room. So you may have script editors, you may have producers, you may have financiers, you may have actors who suddenly have far more weight around the script than you're used to. And I think you just have to focus on being a good colleague, but also standing your ground, your jobs to protect the script. Do you have any preferred ways of working or routines or approaches when you sit down to write? And have they changed from when you first started to now? Yeah, they have changed, but they've changed mainly because I'm in a relationship and I have a daughter. And so there was a period where I was on a clock in a way that I hadn't been previously. And so my working life just had to become slightly more routine to fit in with other people. And that's good and bad. I mean, in some ways, I miss not having the same sleep-wake cycle. But yeah, I've kind of just about accepted it. Do you think that having a routine or, you know, is yeah. there a preferred sort of environment or a headspace that you'd rather be in? I like to start early. I like to start early in the morning. I'm not great at working at night, but I like to start early, ideally before anybody else is awake, you know, when I'm still in my own head. And in terms of inspiration, I think actually it's all very well for inspiration to strike, but if you're not at the desk when it does, it can really go nowhere. So I now really just put in the hours and a huge amount of time. It's, it's long hours at the desk. There's not really any way around that. Why do you think that development programmes like this are so important for the industry here in the UK? I think for the individual practitioners who are here today, one of the really huge positive outcomes of this will be that they have a cohort, that they know other writers and directors and producers because the kind of isolation and the lack of networks generally is often a real stumbling block in uh, people's careers. So I'm very envious in a way of this. It's day two of the first StoryLab workshop, and the morning sees everyone attend a screening of Apostasy, the debut feature from Daniel Cocatello, who developed the film through the iFeatures programme back in 2015. The film is met with a hugely positive reception from the group before Daniel stays after the credits have rolled for a Q&A session with this year's teams. Daniel's journey through the development process on iFeatures was less than conventional. There were differences of opinion, short documentaries made to pitch new ideas, personnel changes and complete rewrites. Sharing his experiences of these twists and turns seemed to be quite a refreshing and appreciated session for our filmmaking teams. It showed them an authentic and realistic perspective on how a film actually gets made. It isn't as glamorous as it first may seem, 
It isn't as straightforward as writing something and then just shooting it. I caught up with Daniel afterwards for a quick chat. So, Daniel, you've just had your film show to our new crop of 12 teams. What was it like coming back and sharing that experience? It's funny because I've been on iFeatures twice now so, and I've come back. Um, so it sort of feels like I'm part of the iFeatures team or I should be employed by them. So it feels like I've never left. But it's good. It was a good reception. People asking a lot of questions and people seem to like the film. So it's great. Can you cast your mind back to when you were here? How did you feel at this very early stage in the process? It was a bit different back then because the scheme was set up differently. We were all focused on trying to get through to the next round. So I guess there was a lot of pressure and everybody was very anxious about getting through. But at the same time, it was just great to hang out with filmmakers and meet lots of like-minded people. So this year, I think it's fantastic that there isn't that sort of X-factor pressure for people and they can just, you know, hang out and um, take in these sessions, yeah. Do you find removing that pressure is slightly more conducive to being creative? Definitely, yeah. Any, any pressure like that is not helpful. So I think removing that is the best thing that iFeatures could have done, yeah. Challenges that you faced throughout the programme, have they helped you prepare for the industry going forward? Yes, I think um, one of the key ones is learning to deal with feedback from executives and learning how to articulate yourself in a room because I can be quite shy or I'm not the most articulate person in the world. So I had to find ways to get across my ideas or my feelings because that's another thing that's quite hard as a first timer. You have no way to prove yourself or you have to do all you can to get across your ideas to the execs in a way that they will understand it. Um, so I learnt that, and um, during the whole process, there were a lot of voices as well. Um, like the private financiers eventually came on board, and we had to listen to them. And so at some point in these sort of feedback sessions, there were maybe like seven people all giving me feedback. So that's something I still use today now afterwards. Was it particularly difficult receiving notes or feedback on a story which is quite personal to you as well? I mean, a lot of the stories and the inspirations for these stories come from very personal places yeah. to all of the teams. Is there any advice that you can give to them about, you know, receiving notes on a very personal project? I think at the beginning, I needed the space and time to work on the idea. I know there's a time in the development when I like to share it with people and get people's feedback. So it's just about standing firm in that regards and telling your producers or execs they need more time. And then when you do get notes, I prefer sort of broader strokes. You know, I just need simple notes. So I would ask my producers that, you know, if they're getting lots of little details and bullet points, I just say, no, I just need a broader note. You know, what isn't working for people? Did you find it important to communicate to your producers and to the execs the kind of feedback that you needed? Yeah, yeah, and at certain times as well vital to get that across, especially in the late stages. Did you have to learn to write to a specific budget as well? And are you conscious of the limitations that the budget would place on any ideas that you wanted to write down on paper? To some extent, but I naturally write quite smaller contained films and character-based stories, so I wasn't consciously aware of that stuff, I don't think. It was only later, as I went into production, people would start to tell me what I could and couldn't do and what I would have to sacrifice in order to get a certain scene. And I did, at some point, cut out some locations. So there were considerations, but again, that was late. I didn't let that stifle the initial development of the story. 
Do you have a preferred way of approaching writing, getting yourself in the right headspace or preferred way of working? I was learning on the go at iFeatures. I didn't really know at the beginning. We had a false start with the script. I then went away, didn't know what to do, so then I wrote a sort of diary from the main character's point of view, and then I adapted that into a script, and then I did some workshops as well. I was just trying everything, really, to find inspiration, to find some sort of truthfulness about what the characters were going through. So, you know, I was quite restless, in a way. I was trying everything and doing everything. Uh, and then in the end, it was the simplest stuff, like just going for a walk or something. It was suddenly would wander, and I'd come up with interesting ideas, or suddenly I'd realise how to fix a problem in the script. If there was one piece of advice that you could give our final 12 teams here, what would that piece of advice be at this very early stage? I think don't worry about time constraints, especially this year. Some projects take longer than others. Just explore, research, explore, and um, try and find the truthfulness in your characters there is the opportunity to do things like workshopping or go places and do story recce. So um, if you want, just do it. And also don't feel any pressure to just work with the first person you can find, you know, carefully consider it because it all will have an effect later in production. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank okay. you very much, Daniel. Deadlines are a really tricky thing in film development. On one hand, they can be restrictive and pressurising for filmmakers to think freely and creatively. On the other hand, they can be helpful in galvanising a team and are needed to reassure financiers and investors that progress is being made on a project. But the executives have certainly also been keen to ensure that the programme is flexible and suited to each individual project. They're establishing trusting relationships with these filmmakers. This, coupled with no longer eliminating projects along the way, makes iFeatures now a truly bespoke experience for each filmmaker on the programme, much more suitable for the creative minds behind these films. I'm Hélène, I'm the producer of Blue Jean. I'm Georgia, I'm the writer-director of Blue Jean. Georgia, would you like to start by just telling us a very sort of brief outline as to what Blue Jean is about? Mm -hmm. Okay, so the film's called Blue Jean and it's set in 1988 and it's about a closeted PE teacher who is forced to lead a double life because she's a lesbian and at that time, if she had come out at school, she risks being criminalised. How have you both found this first story lab? I guess the biggest surprise was discovering why everyone wants to make their project, where it comes from personally for them. That was really nice and maybe not as much of a surprise but just a positive thing was like everyone is so lovely and it just feels like we're a bunch of people going through the same thing and like willing to like help each other and that's kind of nice. Yeah, definitely. And from the five execs, I think I was a bit surprised as to how little, at this stage, how little actual criticism has come our way. And in fact, this lab has been much more about building trust between us and them and just talking and kind of following our intuition and having them explain to us that they're not trying to push us into a corner with our films and that they just want us to make the film that we're trying to make. Yeah, I agree with this. I think I was expecting for us to still be earning their trust and it feels like it's the opposite in a way which makes us feel way more empowered I think. The rest of day two saw the teams brought all together in a peer-to-peer -peer session hosted by the iFeatures execs. 
Kate O'Hara spoke to me afterwards about the value this kind of session brings to the programme. We had a really good peer-to-peer -peer group session, which was sort of four hours, quite intensive time, where we got all the teams to sort of sit with each other in small groups, and we as the execs sort of took a group each. So we weren't really giving feedback on the project. We were much more facilitating a discussion, so we were asking questions and getting people to start thinking about their project. But also all the teams had read each other's treatments before the workshop, so actually it meant that they could all feed back and into those discussions with each other in a very meaningful way. And actually, and it always is the case, every time we do these peer-to-peer -peer things, I think that's the session that they all got the most out of, because it's really interactive. People just have to sort of be really honest in them. It really sort of forces people to just kind of be really honest with themselves, be really honest with each other, and it just to really encourage it and, and sort of cement it being that safe space where people can discuss and there's no stupid questions, there's no stupid answers. It's a really, sounds quite cheesy, but it's quite an open space for people just to sort of really start thinking about their project in quite a basic way. And I think a lot of big things came out of that for people. Some people were going oh, you know, maybe I don't need that character at all in this story. Mm. Or yeah. what about the age of that character? Maybe they should be a completely different age. Or actually, whose story is this? You know, is it their story? Is it actually, what would it be if we made it that person's story? So really quite big questions, but that's absolutely what we wanted to gear the workshops around. All of the filmmakers I spoke to said they got a lot out of this session. Writing can be quite a solitary task. Here, they were able to get a variety of fresh and new perspectives on their projects. But not only that, they are also able to share a collective awareness that they're not alone going through this process. They have one another and the iFeatures execs to help guide them and provide that reassurance when they feel stuck, unsure of how to plan their next steps or wondering if they're making enough progress in development. Completing the schedule for the first Story Lab were a session with screenwriter Matt Greenhalgh as well as final day back-to-back -back talks from script editor Anna Seifert Speck and producer Dermot Scrimshaw. These sessions were focused around providing more practical advice on their experiences of collaboration when developing a screenplay, authoring stories where regional setting and identity are pivotal to the film, as well as how to give and respond to notes and feedback. I asked Kate about the importance of getting the right balance of experiences and perspectives from the lineup of speakers. I think it's important and it's quite hard to strike that right balance because yes it's brilliant to get people in who are very experienced and have got some great things on the belt it's always really inspiring hearing from people like that but it's also really good hearing from people who are just maybe a couple of steps ahead of these filmmakers like we had Alice Birch who's the writer of Lady Macbeth there was a great session that she did that Eva from BBC facilitated that she was in conversation with Lucinda Coxon um, who's obviously a very experienced writer, who's written, you know, The Danish Girl. Um, so that was really nice, because they also both come from theatre backgrounds. So actually hearing Alice speak about her experience of writing later at Beth, and then Lucinda, who's slightly further ahead in her career, and I just think that was fascinating. And then we had Dan, obviously, who's done Apostasy, which was brilliant, because obviously it's set in Manchester as well, which is brilliant. You know, and he was obviously talking about his development of Apostasy through Eye Features, and that project changed immensely through development. That also cemented this idea of flexibility in the development process and, you know, if their project's going one way but they're like, oh, I don't feel very happy about this, you know, you don't have to carry on that path. We can divert and go a different route. Then we had Matt who wrote Control, another fellow Mancunian who just told it as it is. He was fantastic and I think the filmmakers just thought he was brilliant. So yeah, it's a really fine line of having 
impressive experienced people but also ensuring that we still have those people who have just made a first or second feature who perhaps can give slightly more practical and relevant advice for people at this stage in their careers so yeah before the first story lab was over the teams all reconvened back in the same room they began in at the manchester school of art where the execs checked in on where everyone's head was at any queries they had and ensuring they all felt comfortable and sure of their next steps. But what exactly are those next steps? The teams need to now evaluate how they want to work going forwards. What are the preferred ways of working for the writer, the director, the producer? I asked the team behind the project entitled Girl. Chika, Adora, Rosie and Kira. Ultimately, we all are wanting to make a film, so that is our end goal, and so the stage is to get to that point and to make the script as strong as it will be. I think, inevitably, there will be a structure to that process. However, what's been kind of, you know, inspiring about this is the recognition from the execs that there's not one singular route to achieving that, that each individual's creative process demands different things, and so the combination of the two, I think, is quite exciting. And we're still working out what our process will be, but and I think that the fact that there's yeah, room for that, for it to be bespoke, is good. And part of that process is putting together a development plan. This is essentially a document that informs the iFeatures execs how the team would like to progress the development of their film, setting their own milestones, deadlines and objectives, along with any specific requests like meetings with prospective mentors, recce's to filming locations, as well as any development funds required. I caught up with Kate O'Hara again after the first Story Lab was over for a debrief and what's next for everyone. So, first workshop's done. Yeah. What is the next stage? So what we've asked them to do is to go away, use all the information and all the resources that they've come across at that workshop and use that in their thinking now to come to us to put it into their court a little bit and to then to come to us with an idea of a development plan that might work for them and their project and also ideas of script editors or development people they may want to work with because obviously we provide that support as well. So we're kind of putting it back on them to really, really think about it and then come to us with a proposal and then obviously us as execs, we can look at that and go, okay, you know, yeah, actually we think that's great. Or, or we might go, whoa, you know, actually, have you thought about maybe doing this document instead? Or So it's kind of to start that discussion, really, um, and hopefully get those plans nailed down for each of the projects in the next couple of weeks. What kinds of progress are you expecting between now and the next Story Lab in Liverpool from those teams? Mm. Well, hopefully, we'll nail down all their development plans for each individual project. We will hopefully have assigned them all a script editor or development person to work with. We should hopefully have all the development contracts signed as well, which is very important because that also releases their development award, so financial, which obviously is a great help for a lot of them who are juggling work as well with writing. And that award is a pot of money that's assigned to each team, team. for them to go away and further develop their Absolutely. stories. And What kind of things would they need to be spending that kind of money so on? So we would ask them to put a development budget together for that. So it's a certain amount, and then we ask the producers, send us a very simple budget breakdown of what you would like to spend this amount on. A large part of that will go towards the writer, whoever's writing the script, because they will be doing a lot of the heavy lifting um, but other things could be, you know, obviously we would expect the producer and director to get a fee as well. 
There could be research costs. People might want to go and do like recces of where the film's set, financing, packaging costs, things like that. But yeah, it's a development award, so it's definitely not production. So a lot of it, you know, it's all got to be spent in this development process, basically. Yeah. Right. Okay. And then what can we expect from the next storyland? Well, it's happening at the end of August. It's over two days. Uh, we're doing it in Liverpool. Again, we'll be absolutely focusing on the story, writing, development side of things. It's probably going to be a bit more interactive, so we might have more contributor-led sessions where we're doing much more hands-on development practical exercises. So I think there'll be some of that. Uh, we're hoping to have... A case study, some filmmakers again coming in to talk about their experience of making a first feature. It's going to be exciting. Awesome. Bring on Liverpool. Cool. Can't wait. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks very much for that. On the next episode of the iFeatures podcast, we will be in Liverpool for the Next Story Lab, a two-day residential workshop for the teams to push their stories further into development. As first draft screenplays begin to emerge, and the films start to take shape. Thank you for listening to the iFeatures podcast. I've been your host, Andy Johnson. Please do leave us a rating and review in your podcast app and tell your friends and family about the series too. Remember to subscribe to the podcast and we'll be back with a brand new episode next month. This podcast is brought to you by Creative England, a national body that invests in creative talent and businesses across film, TV, games and digital media to help turn ideas into reality. This series was created and produced by Tonality Media and hosted by me, Andy Johnson. iFeatures is led by Creative England and supported by BBC Films, Creative Skillset and made possible through National Lottery funding from the BFI. You can find more information about the programme and the final 12 filmmaking teams on the iFeatures and Creative England website.